Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Smooth Burrito. I'm Frank. I'm Trevor. And it's gamer time, everyone. Strap on your gamer hats, grab your gamer energy drinks, and be sure to get that special level up bonus in Call of Duty Black Ops 69, or whatever the hell no. they're up to. Is the new no. Call of Duty game not even that Modern Warfare remake anymore? I feel like it's only been... Like a few months since that game came out, and yet people are already talking about Black Ops Four and a Half or whatever. I don't even know, man. I'm not a big Call of Dutyer. Neither am my, I. I've got my Doritos and my Mountain Dew, man. I've got my double XP codes ready to go. I just had the really stupid idea for a cosplay that I might do. I'm gonna make a giant foam Dorito Pope hat. And I'm going to go around MAGFest and hand out Doritos to people. Dude, I love Doritos. That would be so fire. I like... <laughs> I I do this weird thing with like my ramen. Like my, my noodles that I make. I put like hot sauce and Doritos in them. And my wife thinks I'm like a psychopath. Because I do that. I've never done that with ramen. Uh, but I have been known to put like Doritos or other chips in hamburgers before. Instead of breadcrumbs. Yeah. 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 That's not a bad idea. Sometimes I'll throw some chips on a sandwich. There give, you it go. A little, give it a little crunch. Maybe some potato chips instead of lettuce. But that's just when I'm feeling like super fat. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, you are freshly baptized back into the world of PC gaming. How's that been going? Uh, man, I missed it so much and I love it. I can't stop. I've fallen into this just whole of games that i never got into before um one of which i i want to talk about for a second and that's divinity original sin 2 it's a game i've always wanted to play but i was like this is a pc game i'm not going to try to play this on console i just won't um it's like a very hardcore rpg in the vein of like i don't know it's dungeons and dragons-esque right like it is the definition of role-playing so much so that I was at the character creation screen and found everything so complex. I started looking up like, oh, what's the best like character build for someone that's not really familiar with Divinity Original Sin 2? And then I, f I fell into like a three-hour rabbit hole of YouTube videos about character builds and like the different new builds that could be added throughout like the patch updates that they were they were doing. And I like... I eventually found a character build like three and a half hours later and decided on one. But man, what a game. And the way I approach, the way you approach it is like so different too. Side quests are like super fucking important. Like if you don't do them, you're screwed. Um, you literally just have to go through the world and talk to like everyone you see. Um, you have to like go seek out and find shit. If you try to mainline this game, you will be completely overwhelmed and you won't understand why you can't play it or why you're so bad at it. Um, it's just like, it's just a very different type of RPG. And it's very, the soundtrack, like just the sound design in general is like top tier. Um, the combat system is incredibly complex. The, like the narrative around it the story is interesting it's just all around like it's just all around a really great game and i'm completely obsessed with that but 
on top of that, just being back in like the PC ecosystem, playing games on PC again, having a lot more customization at my disposal in terms of how I want to play certain games uh, is very much to my liking. And I rarely play on my console, except right now I'm playing The Last of Us Part Two here and there, like a couple hours each night or whatever. You can only take so much of that game. Yeah, what are you thinking about that? I Full disclosure, I am... I'm not one of the people who are going to say, oh, it fucking sucks because I had I have literally zero interest in it because I wasn't interested in the first game, really, and I watched my roommate at the time play through it on regular and then hard mode, so I got I got my fill of The Last of Us. I'm not a zombie dude, but um, yeah, c- tell me what you're thinking of it, because I haven't actually seen anyone who doesn't seem like a vitriolic crazy person have any opinion on that game. Okay, so... I don't want to like get into spoiler territory, obviously, because it's a relatively new game. And I really liked the first one. I think the violence and how dark it is and just how overwhelmingly kind of depressing all around the game is, is something that I can only take in small doses. I'll play that game for an hour or two. It feels like I've played it for 10. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that I want to say that the first one was better because it just felt all around new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The whole concept, the mechanics, everything was just unfamiliar, right? Especially compared to Naughty Dog's like Uncharted Ventures. Uh but this one feels like more The Last of Us. I'd say like the first eight hours or so of the game feels very samey. Story is what kept me going because the story is interesting and, and, and good, in my opinion. I know a lot that's kind of controversial. A lot of people hate on it for it. But I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying the characters. Graphically, it's amazing. Um, some of the decisions they made in terms of like the storytelling and the character development and some of the things that happened in the beginning of, uh, I will say I'm liking the game. I'm enjoying the game in small doses. I think the people that have like really big problems with the game are people that are playing like marathoning this game. I feel like if I was to marathon this game, I would not like it because it's just so bleak and kind. And the way like the world is right now, we're not in a great place. So to play to like get out of your element and play something in your free time, that is even more depressing than the year 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Is hard to do. And I will like applaud them for putting together a story that's, super cohesive characters that are great that I really, really like and I enjoy following and I have maintained my interest through the replaying the first one and now into the second one. There's some moments in the second one so far where I've really just like sat back and been like, holy shit, that was a really like, that was like a really good moment. And some of those are things that I typically only get from movies and don't really even get from most AAA storytelling games. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. 
And I mean, a lot of people from the first one hated on Joel as a character. I finished it. My opinion's completely different. Joel's like my favorite character in the game. And I know that's super weird because some people are like, after the first one and seeing everything that happened and everything he did, they hated on him. They didn't understand why he did what he did. They knocked the storytelling because it didn't make sense or because that would never happen in real life, quote unquote. But in my opinion, I actually found it to be quite a bit more realistic than a lot of people thought. So I, I liked Joel finishing out the first game. Ellie's really, really come a long way as a character in the second one, and she's much more developed, and it's it's definitely interesting. It's a fun game. I haven't finished it yet, so I can't say much to how they how they finish it out. Yeah, the only thing that about this game, and I guess it's not really about the game's story or the game itself, but the development of it. Uh, Neil Druckmann, I think that's his name, right? The the director? Yeah, yeah he yeah. has said a lot of things when it comes to people criticizing this thing, and some of them, sure, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't, there are a lot of dumbasses out there criticizing this game for the wrong reason. Like, you know, oh no, it has a trans character. It has a trans character that's not even the character that everyone thought was trans, apparently. Right. My response to that is, who cares? Well, when it comes to the accusations about crunch culture... And honestly, employee abuse practices and how he's kind of deflected, minimized a lot of that. It just smells weird to me. And I can't see this game, especially given some of the things that have come out about Naughty Dog previously, not having been made in a crunch environment. So take that take, do with that what you will i suppose i am going to continue not really giving a shit about the last of us 2 and i probably won't end up playing it so yeah i guess my about crunch culture and to a certain extent and i understand the controversies around it and i don't think anybody should be made feel to feel guilty for wanting to work a 9 to 5 but i'm going to be completely honest and like if some of the stuff that I'm passionate about and that I work on personally, I could find myself working on something that I'm really interested in or passionate about out of my own interest to work on it for 12, 16 hours in a day, not because anyone told me to or anyone wanted me to feel guilty about it, but because I wanted to or because I couldn't take my mind off of it because the only way that I could get to a point to relax was to work on it to that point. And that's just yeah. me. And I know that some, there's got to be some people that work there, probably some of like the senior level people or some of like the creative directors and stuff that work there that weren't pressured into working ridiculous hours. They did it because they wanted to. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. If you personally want to work those ridiculous hours, that's okay. Just when it becomes the culture, especially given the fact that generally if you're crunching, that means that your deadline was wrong. So you either need to fix the deadline or I, I feel like it's a lot of, there's a lot of re-examining of development practices in these studios that are notable for having crunch heavy development cycles. That just doesn't happen because a lot of the people at the top are like, Hey, I have complete buy-in and passion for this thing. And I will, you know, work 15 hours in a day on it or whatever. And while they might not, 
overtly say that that's what they expect out of their employees they might they might still inherently expect that out of their employees which i feel leads to a lot of these you know inefficient dev practices or out of date dev practices not getting examined because at least i know me personally like past 8 hours unless it's something that i'm really like focused on my my code quality just takes a shit yeah i hear you man i i need to get out of it after like long periods of time as well yeah but you know that's kind of besides the point like i said i'm probably not going to play it so my opinion holds about as much weight as your average bag of feathers so um yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're liking it though. I I I do enjoy it. I mean, I prefer The Last of Us over any of the Uncharted games, and I st- even so far, I'm probably about halfway through this game at this point. I prefer it over The Last of Us series still. Interestingly enough, I'm actually more likely to play Uncharted than I am The Last of Us, and it's just it comes down to the fact that I think zombies are boring as hell and they are really overused. And I know that the clickers are kind of different and that they're based on the Cordyceps virus and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're still zombies. Yeah, they're definitely still zombies, dude. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you different. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what I have been doing, so I took a couple days off from work the other day, just kind of just like a little mini stay-at-home vacation decompress type thing. And... We did a where a thing where we streamed for what ended up being 11 hours, just random video games, including a playthrough in its entirety of The Quiet Man. And I'm sure that you're aware of that meme game, because it's a fucking meme at this point, but actually playing through that thing, or at least being close to a playthrough of it, because my friend was actually the one behind the controls, that game's something, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is entirely baffling and I don't I don't know <laughs> I'm going to say I don't know what I came away with or if the three hours that we spent on it was worth it but it was definitely an experience I don't know if I'm going to be doing the new game plus to hear the audio but... <laughs> oh shit man yeah, that was fun, and then we just played... We played a bunch of uh, interesting random little games that I just picked up on, like, key sales or sales or what have you. Uh, one of them that I actually do want to call out is this game called Hyper Jam, which is this, like, top-down arena fighting game. And it's super simple. It's one of those games that anyone can get into uh, because there aren't really any combos. It's more about positioning. But it was really fun. Especially when you get to messing around with the custom rule sets. Because, like, how the game works is they have, like, a perk system, but instead of, like, equipping a character with perks, normally, although you can do that if you edit the rule setting and, like, have a loadout at the start, but typically how it goes is you the game generates a perk list, like, randomly, like, four perks that you can take, and it'll go down the line of who died first as to who gets their pick of the perks. So if you're the end guy, you're going to have, like, whatever's left over. But if you're the guy at the start, you have your pick of the litter. It's a really interesting way of kind of, I don't want to say handicapping, but, like, balancing between rounds. And 
Also, you can rules you can rules list that game to essentially be competitive Hotline Miami, which was really fun. And the aesthetic is also very kind of retro way of looking, you know, a lot of neon, that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, cool game overall. I really enjoyed it. I think it's on sale for like six bucks right now, or maybe nine. But I definitely recommend it. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. I mean, I've been trying. I've been looking at a lot of the stuff on the Steam Summer Sale too. I ended up picking up uh, Divinity Original Sin Two was one of the games on there. I think it's like sixty percent off or something. Uh, so if you're interested in it, check it out. The I picked up like Borderlands Three. I still need to half, get that for half off. If you do get it, let me know. We can play. Um, and I mean, I've, I've been dabbling in Valorant because it's like the hot thing right now, and everybody I know is playing it. So I've been playing it a little bit here and there. I kind of suck at it, but I'm getting there. You know, it's interesting. Um. Yeah. Did I have anything else to say about that game? Not that I can think of, but yeah, definitely check that out. Other than that, uh, I did pick up a few things in the Steam sale. Um, what did I buy? <laughs> Do you want to talk about the profile situation? Oh yeah, we should get into that actually. So I, when I booted up uh, the Steam sale, I was like, what the hell is all this? And I still don't understand what the hell all of it is supposed to be, but apparently... They have greatly, like, they Steam has added a point system that you get by buying stuff, and they have greatly expanded the customization you can do to your Steam profile. I didn't really care about any of it, and I still technically don't, except for the fact that, you know, someone pointed out that you can just make your profile a shitpost, which I might do. I kind of like it. it would be real. I... <laughs> It's funny because imagine this to me, someone who hasn't been playing PC for years and years and years, and then I hit my first Steam summer sale and this happens. It's funny, the first link you click on in the store is that points shop. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, at first I thought they were literally just having a sale on on that Are crap. They, I was like, is the Steam summer sale just shit now? Like, where's the games? Um, oh, I just have to scroll down once. The, uh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I kind of like the, the little animated stickers and like the borders you can put around your shit, how you can just completely, there's one option where you can have the golden profile and it's the most gaudy thing ever. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I'll, I'll have to look it up, but I, I am not against the idea, uh, at all, really, because... You know, they're just points that you get for buying games anyway. I'm probably not really going to do it. Like, I I view people's Steam profiles once every never, basically. Like, unless I'm adding you and I happen to click on your profile, I'm not going to see it, so. Right. Yeah, the, the golden profile is 5,000 points, and you literally just deck out your profile in the most... And just all gold. Everything's gold. <laughs> try, they're trying to make you look like the fanciest thing on the planet. I was like, what the fuck is this? That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. Also, the games that I bought on Steam sale uh, were the Power Rangers fighting game, which I am very, very uh, interested in playing. Because how many other fighting games can you play as the Magna Defender in? 
Um, about that, I bought this top-down shooter, uh, like twin-stick Robotron-type shooter called Next Machina. That looked interesting. I bought Metal Gear Solid V, The Complete Experience, for 7 bucks, and I have it installed. I need to play it. Uh, there's... It came with the Phantom Pain and Ground Zeroes. I don't know if that's standard, but uh, I have both of those now. So, honestly, the only real thing I'm interested in with Ground Zeroes is that Snatcher bonus mission that they made. Yeah, I remember playing Ground Zeroes right when it came out. But, other than that, I bought Homeworld Remastered and then a couple of uh, random fighting games I need to try out. I also need to stump for one more game. The There's this game called X-Zodiac that is out on Steam right now in demo form. Free demo. First two levels. It is a game that looks like Star Fox on SNES and plays like Star Fox 64, except more challenging. So if you're used to playing Star Fox 64, it's a good time for you. Super good soundtrack. Looks really cool. It's awesome. Runs at a buttery smooth 60 FPS. I would hope so because of graphics, but... Dude has already reached his goal on Kickstarter, although I still immediately after playing the first two levels went and backed it. Big rep recommendation for me on that one. That's cool. Yeah, that's tight, man. Yeah. But if that's uh, all you have as far as games go, uh, that's all I got, so we can move on to the next section. Show. Alright, uh, we're gonna go through some stuff quickly. Might call this First Attack, I don't know. If I can find that Street Fighter sample, uh... I guess it depends cool. on if I can find that sample, but... Yeah, so... Thing 1, uh... Star Wars Episode 1 Podracer came out on PS4 and Switch recently, which to me is really fucking odd. Yeah, it is odd, and I heard... I haven't played it or really looked at it much, but I heard that... It looks really bad, at least on Switch. Like, they didn't the upgrade the graphics really at all. And yeah, the just... screenshot that I'm seeing literally looks like the N64 version, which, you know, there was the N64 version of that game. There was the arcade version. I think there were a couple of other versions, maybe PC and Dreamcast, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, it, it looks like the base N64 game. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't buy it for modern consoles. I remember buying my N64 and that game was included. Yeah, and... I might dig out my N64 and play it, though, just for kicks. It is a fun game, and it has, honestly, one of the best implementations of the idea of a junkyard that I can think of in any video game, and, honestly, one that I plan on completely lifting for a game that I make. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is fun, that game. I remember having a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's from that era of Star Wars games where every Star Wars game was really, really good. Yeah. But I remember those days. My only other memory with that game is they had it at the McDonald's that was in the Walmart. So whenever we would go to Walmart, I would get like a sample cone and then play that game while my mom was shopping. <laughs> that's that's literally the only other memory I have. I actually don't think I ever owned a copy of that game in my initial like original period of owning an N64. I didn't pick it up until later. I rented it. But F-Zero was always my anti-grav racer of choice. Right, of course. Uh, Without a moving doubt. Moving on from that, unless you had anything else. No. Okay, moving on from that, there's a Street Fighter V Capcom Cup, like Capcom Pro Tour tournament recently, that had two players, two finalists, drop out because of how ass-backwards Capcom's netcode still is. 
Really? Yeah. Oh man. So if you're if you're not aware, the backstory to that kind of is that like Street Fighter Five has always had incredibly shitty technically rollback netcode, but it was implemented by one dude who didn't really know what like what they were doing at first and didn't have enough time to do it. Um and they didn't use any off-the-shelf libraries like GGPO or anything like that. There was no licensing. They just rolled their own in-house, which is hilarious because there have been multiple Capcom re-releases that have used GP GGPO before Street Fighter V came out, unlike the 360 and shit. They were kind of one of the original companies that were, uh, you know, using GGPO, so the fact that they didn't have it in their new flagship release didn't really make much sense. Then about... Shit, that might have been like four months ago because time is meaningless, but someone made a uh, mod that essentially fixed the networking, and they were like, oh yeah, if you have full access to the code, you could probably implement this in like a half hour. Then Capcom released a patch that blocked the mod and only implemented like some of the fixes, like a lip service amount of them. Right. So now that leads us to now with... Corona, there are no live tournaments anymore. Everything's over the internet, and their piece of shit netcode is being exposed for what it is, which is hilarious to me. Just... Yeah, I mean, this would be the time to expose it. Yeah. Especially uh, when you consider that Melee just got full rollback netcode and embedded matchmaking in the game thanks to this dude named Slippy with an I who, along with uh, other developers, made this mod to add this stuff into Melee, and there's just, like, that's what the all the competitive players are like, this is amazing, it feels like playing offline, which Smash is a notorious, like, Melee, the Melee community is notoriously strict about how their game feels and plays. So if, if those people are saying that it is more than acceptable, that it's good, then it's definitely amazing. And this is a game... How old is this game at this point? Like, 18 years ago? It was uh, when it was released? Yeah, it's an old one. So, I thought that was really cool, and also kind of, you know, indicative of, uh, hey, Capcom, where do your priorities lie? Right. Also, there's a new Smash Bros. Ultimate character. It's Min Min from ARMS, and really the only thing I have to say is I'm really surprised there wasn't an ARMS character at that game launch. Yeah, I'm actually really glad it was Min Min instead of, like, the main cover art arms mean, player. Boring Lad? Spring something? I don't know. But Spring Boy? I, yeah, I fully expected it to be Mr. Spring Boy or whatever his name is. SpongeBob? Uh, Spring Bob Square Spring. <laughs> and and uh, I'm cool. I'm glad that they made it Min Min because... I actually like that character. Yeah, she's apparently the most popular character in that game by far. Yeah, she is. Okay. I think she was added later, if I'm not mistaken, like as a DLC character later, but I could be totally wrong about that. Yeah, I didn't play ARMS, so I'm not sure either, but I'm just glad it's not another fucking Fire Emblem character. Oh, I know. So tired of the Fire Emblem characters. And, yeah. Speaking of Nintendo updates, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizon is getting a the first part of a summer update that's going to be released over two parts. Uh, this one adds swimming and sea creature collecting and donating to the museum. So 
that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if you've been playing that game recently. I kind of actually ended my streak of logging in daily when Danny went to play Pokemon and the Switch hasn't been at my desk, so I haven't logged in in about a week. So I'm sure that my town at this point is just covered in weeds. I haven't played in a while, man. I have not. I've got. I've just been busy with other games and Animal Crossing kind of lost my interest there after a while. I'll probably return to it eventually whenever like a seasonal thing comes up. Where yeah, it's a crazy thing like they did with Easter, I'll probably jump back in and try to collect everything. I hated that Easter event because it just kept yeah, in my inventory it. space. All those fucking eggs, man. Yeah, like, here's a 25% reduction in the amount of resources that you're getting in favor of eggs that you don't need. Yeah, I know, right? But, yeah, I think <clears throat> that's the Animal Crossing cycle, right? You're You're really... Hot and heavy for the game for like the first two months that you play it, and then once you kind of check enough boxes to where you're like, I'm getting everything that I can out of this, and the loop starts feeling really samey. At least for me, I always like scale back and just start like checking the store every day and then logging off. But right, get get your points for for logging in. Yeah, I think at this point, really, the only thing I want to do is I want to complete my upstairs CD Japanese arcade that I've been making. Oh, yeah, that'd be tight. Yeah, I only have one type of candy cab. I need to get the other two. But, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, uh, here's here's a weird one. So Christopher Nolan screwed, screwed, screwed. Christopher Nolan screened all of his movies in Fortnite. <laughs> like, oh, what? Like on, on movie theater screens in the game. That's so weird. Yeah, it's very weird. I think it was a test to see if he could release his new movie in Fortnite or something, but yeah, because, you know, no one's going to the fucking theater. Like, No, everybody's playing Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm not doing that either, but like... Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Cin Cinemark no, I'm not going to log into Fortnite to watch Christopher Nolan's new movie either. Yeah, watch Christopher Nolan's new movie with like 13, 12-year-olds who, you know, keeps saying the N-word or whatever. Yep, not doing that. <laughs> you know no that way. they got the extra gamer XP. Yeah, they did. The, you know they're sitting there with the Doritos and Mountain Dew. They probably have <laughs> double the amount of Doritos and Mountain Dew that I have right now. Monster Energy. Some Red Bull, some G Fuel. Yeah, get you that G Fuel. Still don't even really know what that is. It's like a it's protein drink or an full of drink. unstable gaming chemicals to make sure that you're at your best. It's got it's got diazepam in it, like in Metal Gear Solid, oh. so that your aim is steady. Oh <laughs> uh, Jesus! Um, but yeah, that happened. Uh, I also on a side note, Cinemark is rolling out the "Please Come Back to the Theater" package of re-releases, but. I don't want to risk getting COVID just to see Empire in the theater. Yeah, I w you couldn't, you wouldn't catch me. You couldn't pay me to go see a movie in a movie theater right now. Yeah. And let in a room for like two hours with alleged COVID people. Oh, hell no. Or, yeah. or just with like a mask on for two hours. Yeah. That'd be awful. A lot of people, I mean, like I'm totally wearing masks in public. 100%. Oh, of course. Right. All the time. It's like it sucks, 
it's uncomfortable and shit, but I'm still going to do it because if there's any possibility that it keeps me or someone else from catching COVID, I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. That's why I don't understand the argument where people are like, masks are uncomfortable. So I'm not going to wear it. People are insane and dumb, and I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to start shouting about shit for an hour. Yeah, dude, I know what you mean. But last that's a thing. Good place. Yeah, that's a good place to leave it. Last thing on this list, there's apparently a leak of a new SKU of Xbox Series X, which is going to potentially be called the Xbox Series S and be a cut-down console that doesn't hit uh, 4K. It only hits 1080p or possibly 1440p. We really only have specs, and people are conjecturing based on that. But... That would make a lot of sense to me, because I know that a lot of people, myself included, don't have a 4K TV. Yeah, and have no interest in buying one. Or people that have like high refresh rate, like 1440p monitors, and would prefer a 1440p console. Because yeah. why pay extra money for a 4K, a console that's pushing out 4K? when you don't even have a 4k display so yeah i think it makes sense i like the idea of them making a cheaper version of whatever their console is if they can come to the market and undercut sony's all digital playstation 5 thing with this in terms of price i think that's going to be a good thing for them Oh, yeah, especially if they can get out there and sony's like our cheapest model with no disk drive costs like 499 US dollars because I'm still assuming that we're going to hit that $600 price point with both the PS5 and the full refrigerator Series X. Because yeah. Microsoft can then be like, hey, if you don't want to spend the money for that and you don't have like a 4K TV or an HDR capable whatever, we have this cut down model for you. It's like 350 or whatever. Save yeah, you a couple hundred, get some controllers, and I can you know, see be able to buy some games. crazy and hitting 300. Oh yeah, three hundred dollar price point for this, uh, and just being like, here's a super affordable next gen console. Yeah, you know yeah and I mean? that could that could totally sweep the legs out from under the PS5's launch. But we'll just yeah. have to see. That would be huge for them. Yeah. And last card on the list that we're going to talk a bit more at length about, uh, Mixer. <laughs> Speaking of Microsoft. Mixer is no more, or at least in its current form is no more. They, Microsoft has sold Mixer off to Facebook, and a ton of Mixer streamers are now like, shit, I have to go to Twitch or figure out what I'm doing. You know what? And apparently there's like some specific details in that if you were Mixer partner, you're automatically whatever Facebook partner's equivalent is. If you're monetizing on Mixer, if you're making money on Mixer, that transitions to the level of which you would transition to in Facebook gaming. So you don't lose a lot of your crib. But the whole thing is a lot of people, a lot of people's audience on Mixer is not going to go watch you on Facebook. So it's almost yeah. like starting over from scratch. And, that, and like, I feel like a lot of the people who are using Mixer are people who are like, I don't want to use this thing owned by Amazon. You know, not to say that Microsoft's much better of a company, but, you know, for a lot of people who are like, I don't want to use this thing owned by Amazon because they own everything, they're not going to go to a thing that's now used by Facebook, or now owned by Facebook. I also feel like 
a lot of people that went to Mixer tried to get in on something on the ground floor and grow with it. Um, and they liked the idea of Mixer. I know a couple of people that stream on Mixer and their whole idea of why they went to Mixer and not Twitch was that Mixer was a new thing. There were fewer streamers on Mixer. But the idea around that is there's also fewer viewers. Twitch has Twitch owns the majority of the viewership for streaming, but they wanted to be on something that they could grow with. So like they get on the ground floor, similar to Twitch. Some of the biggest streamers on Twitch now were on Twitch years ago before, you know, Twitch like blew up and, and got all the viewership and yeah. just completely owned the market of game streaming. So it, a lot of people did that. And then the option to go to Facebook where it's a company that doesn't even care. In my opinion, I don't know how much Facebook cares about it, but I would much prefer to even go to something like YouTube gaming before I would go to Facebook gaming. Cause Facebook seemed like the gaming thing was just like another thing they can add on to make money off of. Oh, yeah, really. I, we, we all know that Mark Zuckerberg wants Facebook to be the internet. Essentially. He's trying to be the internet equivalent of how Walmart has like a place you can get haircuts and a bank in it. Yeah, somebody said that Facebook was the Walmart of streaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's I mean, accurate. And the the one thing Facebook has going for it, and I do know a couple people that stream on Facebook and actually are quite successful in terms of able to grow quicker. It's easier to grow on Facebook. There's no doubt about that. Uh, when you go live, everybody on your fucking friends list gets you live on their newsfeed. It auto plays. You get viewers. Like I scroll through my newsfeed and it's just so easy if someone I know is streaming to just like open it up and be like, what's up? You're there mm -hmm. in like two seconds. It's not, I don't have to open Twitch app. I don't have to like, you know, YouTube is so bad at pushing my the the people i've subscribed to and putting their when they're live at the top of my feed yeah they're it's so terrible. bad at that they're so bad at that if if youtube can figure out something to where like anybody that i subscribe to if they're live they're in some sort of section of my feed or at the top of my feed when i open the app that would be a game changer but they don't do that it doesn't seem like they have any interest in doing that facebook on the other hand I mean, you're auto-playing their stream whenever you scroll through it. It's there. It's easy to get into. And also, you can monetize quicker on Facebook than you can on, say, Twitch or, or YouTube, for example. And this is leading me to sit here like, should I be fucking streaming on multiple services? Because right now we just stream on Twitch, and I don't... Well, it's, it's a double-edged sword of we're not trying to promote it all, just because, you know... We don't have, we don't know how to promote well. Per, me personally, I have no idea how you promote stuff at all. Uh, you can see what I've done to promote this podcast. I don't know how the fuck to promote anything. So, yeah. But, you know, if I can get some, if I can get some more organic engagement out of being on Facebook as well, I have a transcoding thing that I had on my Raspberry Pi that's no longer being used, and I'd be able to. I know you can use restream.io or whatever and, you know, stream multiple things easily, but I kind of want to have whatever I'm streaming to under my purview, so my I could... Purse. Purse. Wait, go ahead. 
I was just going to say I could, like, edit the... the I could um, essentially make a server target that would then restream to multiple services locally. Right. My personal opinion is I would I would just put all my eggs in one basket and try to... Cause I would try to make it with whatever service I want to make it on, and I would put it all in there. And personally, in my opinion, that's still Twitch. There, It's got a shitload of people streaming on Twitch, so it's hard to get up there, but the ceiling is so much higher. Yeah. Um, if you pick like the right game and have the right schedule and are able to promote your shit correctly, the ceiling for Twitch and the benefits that come from streaming on Twitch are significantly higher than things like Facebook gaming. Uh, but while the ceiling may not be as high on Facebook gaming, you can monetize and make money quicker. Yeah. It also depends on who you're more interested in your audience being me personally. I don't think my audience is my Facebook friends list that makes up mostly people I went to school with or people that are in my family. A lot of people on my Facebook friends list really don't even play video games or care about video games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like if I could, you know, hit my Twitch following to aim more at just hardcore gamers rather than going on Facebook and my grandma jumping into my stream and be like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that that would be my personal preference. But I do know people that are on Facebook because it is easier to get whatever Facebook. I think it's Facebook level up or something like that which is the equivalent of like Twitch partner that gets you, um, you know, it, it's able to get you to, to make money like a little bit quicker. You can hit that like level up status quite a bit yeah. quicker and easier. Yeah. By that same token, I can understand why people went towards Mixer because if you're, if you're a little guy, you want the service that has less stuff on it overall because your chances of being discovered are higher. It might have like a ceiling, but you can then you could have then parlayed that into, you know, being on Twitch or something. Right. Or, or Mixer giving you Mixer bucks, which what they what what Ninja's getting like five million dollars for doing nothing now or something? Dude the ninja money is just completely unbelievable. I mean, and I guess we can get into that a little bit, what that yeah. means for his contract and shroud. So ninja and shroud are the big purchases that Microsoft made to get mixer rolling. And is probably why mixer <laughs> ended up failing because if they would have put this money into actually, you know, promoting the platform and getting it out there and growing it, then it probably would have been significantly more successful, but they signed uh, Mixer, Mixer signed Ninja and Shroud. Ninja at $30 million for three years, Shroud at $10 million for three years. Uh, their contracts are paid in full. They Facebook offered them apparently double what Mixer offered them. They both turned down Facebook gaming, so they have no interest in, in going over there, which is fine. I, I totally understand that. At the wonder, level at. And this is a bit of a, this is just idle speculation, but I wonder, because we know, based on how they've been paid out now, that the Mixer contract was pay or play, like, they would get that money regardless. Yeah. I wonder if Facebook's contract isn't, 
That's and, possible. You, you know, it also could be that, like, if Facebook's contract isn't like that, or if it has some terms that say that, hey, even if our gaming service goes tits up, you can't be on Twitch for an X amount of time, I could see them not taking it. Right. Or in general, they just don't like the idea of being on Facebook's gaming platform. I mean, yeah, that, could, that, too. That, could be, that could be it, too. I, I think that they want to be more on a dedicated content platform, whether that be YouTube or Twitch. I think since they're so big, they need to be on a dedicated content platform. You know what yeah, I mean? where you're not competing with videos of dogs and people making macaroni and cheese. And people well, posting I think Twitch has that page, people posting two page posts about their day. You know, yeah. it's, they don't want to be literally like kind of flooded with that shit. Like they're just out in the sea is just like the small thing that's a part of Facebook, right? Whereas you put Ninja on YouTube, you put Ninja on Mixer, you put Ninja on Twitch, he becomes the face of that platform. Yeah, it's it's like. You know, it's like texting me because of how my notifications are set up. It's like texting me versus emailing me. You text me, I'm going to get a notification of it. Uh, you email me, it's just going to get lost in pizza coupons. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I totally know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, I liked Mixer a little bit, but I didn't really... I do think that Microsoft should have invested in the platform instead of the people because Ninja and Shroud are not going to make your platform grow. They're only going to make your platform interesting while those two are live, period. It's not going to get you more viewers. What that's going to do is the people that follow them on Twitch will follow them on Mixer. When they're scheduled to go live on Mixer, they will go to Mixer, watch them, and then leave. Yeah, exactly. That That's how that works. I don't... It's not like, oh, they're going to go there and see how cool, how much cooler Mixer is of a platform than Twitch because it's not cooler. It's not a better platform. It's not more robust. It doesn't have features that Twitch doesn't. Twitch is the better platform, right? All the people I follow are on Twitch except Ninja and Shroud. So if I want to watch Ninja and Shroud, I'll go to Mixer when they're scheduled to go live or I'll follow their YouTube content. And then I'll just, when they're not live, I'll follow one of the other hundred some odd people I follow on Twitch, and one of yeah. them will be live at any given time. Yeah, I, I, and, you know, I don't know what the integration between Mixer and the Xbox One looked like, because I don't have an Xbox One, but I feel like the best option would have been making some very tight integration between that console and Mixer, so that you could have it that be an easy, like a super easily accessible way to stream. Yeah, Which, I mean, I, I know that like PlayStation kind of tried to do that with the share button and shit, but it was tightly integrated. But again, not that many Xbox Ones were even sold. Uh, yeah, that too. So it's, uh, it's just, it was something that they tried, they put their money in the wrong basket, and now they're moving on. Yeah, classic Microsoft story. Although, I, I don't know how I personally would make Mixer more popular. Like, like obviously, signing big names was not the best idea, but what do you do? Do you sign a bunch of, like, mid-tier guys so that you have a lot of content rotating around, or...? 
to me, you invest in the platform, the marketing of the platform, the promotion of the platform, the integration into whatever the next gen console is, and then leave some investment for the platform to grow and see how it grows. Yeah. Maybe add some new features. Twitch will eventually add those features, but if you're adding them first, it will get people interested in what your platform is doing. And to get you know investors or microsoft in general to invest in some new feature that makes their platform better um they need funds and money yeah. right yeah. and and when you spend 40 million dollars on two streamers jesus christ uh, you have to wonder i i have to wonder what i feel like they they bought they paid for Ninja's contract to get him to stream Halo Infinite on Xbox Series X or when Xbox Series X came out. And to have Halo Infinite, this huge thing that Ninja's doing on Mixer, and now that's just fucked. <laughs> yeah. Because so, that's how Ninja started his shit. He was a Halo player. Like, that was the big thing, man. That's why he wanted to go to Mixer. That's why he was into the whole Microsoft ecosystem. Like, he he... I guarantee he would have been a huge thing for them streaming Halo Infinite on Mixer. People would have been there. People would have loved to watch that. But that's it's too late. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Mix, no Mixer, Mixer is now up there with Microsoft Bob. Yep. It <laughs> is sad, but it's true. I guess last thing on the docket. So... Did you catch that cyberpunk thing that they put out recently? I, I only watched the uh, gameplay portions of it, not the people talking about it. Yeah, I watched the gameplay portions. I, I watched the whole thing. The gameplay portions are really interesting and cool. It, apparently, everything they show was just the prologue of the game, which is pretty intense. That's amazing. I'm super... I have not, to be completely transparent with you, I've not been more excited about a video game in years and years, for as long as I can remember than I am it's for cyberpunk. Yeah, that game looks sick. My relationship to Cyberpunk has been very interesting because when they announced it, I was incredibly excited because, honestly, like, a year before they had announced it, I was looking into the old Cyberpunk role-playing game just from some YouTube shit that I was watching. And, you know, get, get like, not... I've never been, like, a tabletop guy, although I might try it here shortly again, but reading the material that it has is interesting. I always preferred it to Shadowrun because I don't think that... Like, Cyberpunk is cool enough to where you don't need to add wizard shit to it, so... But, anyway, my vitriol for fantasy tropes aside, like, Cyberpunk, although I guess that's kind of involved, Cyberpunk was going to be, like, a Witcher 3-level game, except it's sci-fi, and it's, like, the kind of sci-fi that I like the most, you know, that kind of... Ghost in the Shell, Robocop, Blade Runner flavor of sci-fi. The cyberpunk flavor of sci-fi that The Witcher, compar comparatively, the, the setting of The Witcher is more boring to me, although the gameplay, you know, gets me in. But I was super excited when they announced that game, then we heard nothing. Then we saw more of it, and I was still really excited, and then it kind of, like, my excitement for it kind of tapered when they first showed it at E3, and I was like, eh, I don't know about this. Then it got delayed twice. Now seeing this, my excitement's through the roof again, because it looks like... I don't know if this was just a better vertical slice of content than what they showed at E3 or what, but that looked really fucking cool, what they did. I am I am hyped for this game. It looks so deep, man. Yeah. 
I I can imagine just like living in this fucking game. This this is one of those games, a single player game that I'm just like maining. Like that's my main game. I play it every day. Yeah, for a long time, and I can definitely see this being that. I'm super excited about it. I'm very very. I'm on a whole nother level with it. Everything cyberpunk has me interested. I'm totally obsessed to everything down to the fucking color palette of <laughs> game. Everything, every screenshot, every trailer, everything that comes out for this game just gets me more and more excited. I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I actually, the amount got... of customization that you can do to your junk alone. Yeah. the puber- <laughs> Oh my God. It's crazy. It's completely no, insane. No, it's nuts. It's, go- it's like, the fact that that exists means that this game is insane in other ways that haven't been shown yet. I know. Uh, they're also making an anime, which, oh, I think really? Really, which I think is really cool. I can't remember the name of it. Um, let me see if I can look that up real quick. I, I really hope that Masamune Shiro's name is attached to it. Uh, let me see what I can see what studio is making it. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It's coming to Netflix, apparently. Um, I might have picked the wrong Ghost in the Shell guy to cite, but I hope that one of the Ghost in the Shell guys is involved in it. It's Studio Trigger, though. It's Kill the Kill. Yeah, it's Studio Trigger. Studio Trigger had, does good work. Yeah, they did, and they had some. Um, they had some bits where they were talking to the people that were into it and it's a completely different story with different characters just in the same universe which i think which i dig and i think that's really cool uh it's completely separate from the game like nothing in the game is in the anime so uh, by the uh, way i was thinking of mamoru oshi masamune shiro wrote the original ghost in the shell manga but mamoru oshi has done so much good cyberpunk anime yeah this this will be this will be fun. I think it'll be cool. Um, I also want to mention the Cyberpunk controller I got because I don't play all my games on mouse and keyboard. I prefer uh, controllers for like my platformers and shit. Um, and the Cyberpunk controller is fucking crazy, dude. It's I didn't expect. So there's like engraved shit on it, like it looks cyberpunkish. And whenever I saw the picture of it, I just expected this to be like printed on the controller, but it's not. It's actually like engraved <laughs> into the controller. There's like real like fucking scuffs and shit on it. It's funny cool. to me. I I actually dug it. I thought it was really fucking cool. I that was pretty sick. So yeah, that's that does sound really cool. I have to look up that controller. I just use a PS4 controller right now. Um. Just that that is just basically due to the fact that I have one of those Brook fight converters that take PS4 to uh Xbox One controllers. So it has become really handy. I didn't realize when I bought it, but like it can connect wirelessly to PS4 controllers. So it is really handy to like according to the computer, since I have the stick plugged in. And by stick, I mean the the little USB converter, not my actual fight stick. But according to the computer, since the converter's plugged in, I always have a controller plugged in. But then I can turn on and off my PS4 controller to save battery. But I never run into that instance of, oh shit, I need to restart this game or app because my controller wasn't detected. Right, yeah, that makes sense. 
but yeah, that, that's all I that's all I really had on the cyberpunk thing. I, I think it's really cool. I'm excited to see more of it. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure we will over the next couple months. They said they're gonna have these night wire things like every couple weeks, so we're gonna be getting a lot of details running leading up to it. Man, I'm just kicking myself for not buying that copy of Friday Night Firefight when I saw it, which is the uh, combat rules for Cyberpunk. Word, yeah. Ah, well. I know that they're doing a new version of the tabletop RPG to release, like... It was supposed to be simultaneously with the game coming out, but now since the game got kicked down the road twice, I that it might already be out. I need to look into it, but that'd be cool to play. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that was all for me today. Do you have anything else? No, that'll do it. All right, well, I guess we will see you next time. Catch you later. Peace.